You're going to want to take your mask off for this one. It's Mikey J on KGUP Presents. Mothers, lock up your daughters. It's time to see Mikey J. Mikey J. Are you f***ing with me? We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. How you doing? I'm Mikey J. And thank you for watching KGUP Presents. This past week has been pretty amazing. We just reached our first milestone. We got our first 1,000 subscribers and we're counting. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for following the show. You know, this wasn't an easy feat. So, you know, if, if you've been following me, you know that the when I first started, it was just primarily supporting music artists, but I found myself having a hard time, you know, as diff having a difficult time as the, the artists themselves. But uh, this year I changed gears and decided to follow my instinct. And I'm glad it did because I'm talking about things that I'm more interested in and more you know, I take a personal interest to, and um, that's talking about conspiracies because, uh, you know, the last couple of years, it's just been very eye-opening. And um, and as you, most of you probably experience, it's very difficult to talk to people that are, that don't necessarily hear these things on a daily basis because, you know, they, they get their information from news, net, network news, um, textbooks, and from, you know, a bunch of famous people. <laughs> so, a lot of people have a hard time discovering knowledge as it goes against their current belief system. But um, yeah, before I get ahead of myself, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, we've extended the discount on our limited edition t-shirts. So if you want some cool garb and you want to support the show, please go to the website and purchase a t-shirt, hat, or even a sling bag. It's only 13 bucks, so it's not going to break you. I think in the near future, we're going to start doing a Patreon. Um, I really don't want to price gouge you. I just want to do something that's a more, a little more exclusive and it'll give you some good stuff for those annual and high level subscribers. So uh, back to today's show. Uh, today, we are going to take a journey down another deep rabbit hole. And that's been blowing my mind for quite some time. Uh, today's guest, he's a writer. He's also an expert in the esoteric sciences. He's also an expert in astrology, astronomy, and astrotheology. He currently, uh, he recently wrote a series of books called Into the Rabbit Hole, in fact, he's on the sixth and final book. It's in the process of getting published, and it'll be out shortly. And uh, you definitely want to find out about this and get those books. And, of course, we'll learn about the man, the myth, the legend, the legendary Micah Dank, and the books themselves. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Good. You know, uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, you know, ever you know, since, uh, since we were on uh, Conspiracy Castle together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, that was the first time I, I heard about you. And, and uh, uh, you know, he's such a gracious host. But um, I, I think there was a lot of things that uh, that could have been talked about, especially about the book itself. And, and I, I definitely wanted to give you a turn and, and talk more about, you know, your books and how you got involved in it and stuff. And uh yeah, I'm pretty excited to to actually read them myself and and get through the whole series. I'm pretty interested in it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so, you. um, let's talk so, about you. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, just I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. Go on. Um, I I just wanted to talk about no, you. Like, how how did you get started? And and you know, how did you want to be, you know, get into this field and, and become a writer? So in 2013, I moved, I'm from Long Island. 
I had moved from Long Island to Boston with someone I'm no longer with, but we had gotten an apartment together in Boston and I started a new job. <clears throat> While we were there, we didn't really know many people because we were both from Long Island. So basically it was in 2013, the iPad had just came out. So she'd be watching like TV and I'd be on the iPad and down rabbit holes on YouTube. And I came across a guy named Jordan Maxwell who basically started talking about this kind of stuff that I'm going to talk about. And it just blew my mind. And then one of my friends uh, sent me a video by a guy named Santos Bonocci, who just basically took it to a whole new level. And it just completely like destroyed me. It like changed the way I saw everything. And I've just been, you know, going around the podcast scene, trying to share this information with everybody, you know, my own work on this. Right. Um, so that's basically how it happened. Wow. So your father, he was a producer over at uh, CBS and he worked with Dan Rather. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I was thinking about this a couple uh, days ago and I was like, well, you could have easily went that direction and got into journalism. What, what made you decide you wanted yeah. to become like a book writer instead? I didn't want to be a book writer. I have, a, I have an English degree in language, literature and criticism. You know, because I always like to read. I was an actor. So I, I took up an English degree so that I could read scripts better uh, and really break down characters and understand motivations and such. Um, but then, you know, I didn't pursue that anymore after college and high school. And um, yeah, at one point I was thinking about being a page and working at CBS News because my grandfather was there. My father was there. You know, I'm glad I didn't right now because you see what what the news has turned into right yeah i i went to school to become a journalist and i'm kind of glad i didn't pursue it because it's it's a lot different than it was when i was in school because i i started going to college in 2008 and right around 2012 i mean i just saw it just kind of depleting and you know people were just getting fired left and right and not being able to be non-biased and you know you kind of just had to, whoever you worked for, if, if you were hard left, you had to write hard left. And if you worked hard right, you had to write hard right. It was no in between. And so I just felt like right. it was really dishonest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it scares me to think I could have been a journalist. <laughs> you know, because that was kind of like, I was like bred for that. Right. You know, and uh, I'm glad I didn't go that route. I mean, one thing that that's good that I that I learned from it is is learning how to investigate and research and look things up and kind of decipher what's true and what's false and about fake news and all that stuff. I mean, you can you can kind of know, you know, when there's no links and it's just a story and it's published as fact. It's like, well, where where where's the source coming from? Who who wrote that? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so obvious that the media is so corrupt right now. Yeah. It's so obvious. Um, I don't, I don't talk politics in any of my interviews or anything. My publicist, when I first got my six book deal from the publisher, I got a publicist. And when I first started talking to the publicist, the first thing she told me was don't talk politics because you'll alienate people. And I was like, you know what? My stuff is alienating already. You know, I don't want to just include politics to it. So I don't really talk politics, but I, I do know that the media is not 
they're, they're not conducive for people's health. Right. So you're, you know, not getting into politics, but, but kind of like religion. I mean, it's, that's almost polarizing in itself. And your books kind of bring in astrology and religion together in not so much of a, a positive light. I mean, there, I mean, people would just call it blasphemy and, and, you know, not even look twice. How do you deal with that? Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't really get a lot of pushback because the kind of podcasts that I do are in the conspiracy and esoteric community and they love this stuff. You yeah. know, occasionally I'll get someone, but I don't focus on the negativity at all, to be honest. You know, you I, I didn't get my book deal and, and had 200 rejections from publicists and agents and uh, uh, publishing houses, you know, and, and not give up just to have some guy who doesn't agree with me tell me, I, I, I don't, I don't buy that. So, um, it is polarizing, but like when I start to go into it, you'll see how it makes sense. Are you familiar with any of my work? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've kind of read into the spark notes and I've listened to other interviews that you've done. So I kind of, I have a good idea and I, I, Definitely. I was on uh, Amazon. I put your all your books on wish list, so I'm definitely ordering them. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. So uh, talk about your books. I mean, what, you know, give us the Spark Notes version and, uh, you know, and then we can kind of get into details. Okay. So the first book is deals a lot about MK Ultra and the Catholic Church. Now you gotta understand is I wrote a six book fiction series where I just buried the truth in the books. Like like in 1984, how Orwell did that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was going for. Okay, so the first book is about uh, MK Ultra, its situation and uh, the Catholic Church. The second book is about the missing pyramids on the capstones and goes deep into the Catholic Church. And I reveal a huge secret about the Catholic Church that maybe no one knows. Um, the third book goes, uh, talks about a, a device that's hidden, um, that has to do with the pyramids of the capstones. The fourth book is about, um, I don't want to say it's going to get flagged, but basically, um, the fourth book, I wrote this in 2017, 2018, and there's a jellyfish in Japan called the Irokanji jellyfish. Okay, and when it stings you, it's a rare jellyfish, but when it stings you, it one of the side effects is it leaves you with an impending sense of doom. Okay, which like to the point where like you're begging doctors and hospitals to put you out of your misery and kill you. So oh. a very evil corporation took this protein from the jellyfish that does that. They isolate it, took the protein, and they put it in the global mandated flu vaccine. So people just, it's basically Bird Box meets National Treasure meets Da Vinci Code. So basically, you know, where people just start killing themselves and the characters figure out what's going on and how to fix it. Then the fifth book is about the missing city of Alexandria. uh, Or the Library of Alexandria, I should say. The missing Library of Alexandria and where it is. And it's fictionalized. Like, I have my thought of where it really is, but this is a fictionalized account of where it is. And the sixth book basically just demystifies uh, Satanism and Luciferianism. And talks about things like, um, it's like a mock, uh, what do you call it, Bohemian Grove scene, 
and uh yeah it's basically so that's basically what it is it's just the the stuff in it is real but the storyline is fiction right so what made you do that you know write your books in that format why not just do you know non-fiction was it just not as interesting for you because when you when you when you pick up a fiction book you 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 have to believe in the environment that is created for you in order you know because if you if you're not believing in it believe that it's reasonable believe that it could happen then you're not going to um you're not going to stick with it it's not going to speak to you you know i could have written a non-fiction book about all this stuff but i i just combined my education with this and i just put together a book series which is doing pretty well um and my publicist and I were working on pitching this to some uh, TV producers and movie producers. So we got that coming up. Uh, I should have some form of an update in the next month or two. Nice. All right. So your sixth book is going to come out pretty soon then? September 15th. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw it listed, but um, you know, I, I didn't, wasn't sure when it was going to come out. And yeah. I think I want to just buy all four books. I mean, all six books at the same time, <laughs> or at least get the first five and just start reading. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to order them from me, I'll sign them. I mean, if you want to send the money directly to me instead of Bezos. Okay. Totally yeah. up to you. Yeah. I'm all for not supporting okay. the, the big guys. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're already giving them too much community money. Do. You, wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe how many books I sell out of my house. You wouldn't believe you know uh, it's you. it's a lot and um yeah i sell them signed and then people really appreciate the personal touch yeah so um just talk about the, the like the writing process um you know how how did you come up with the idea in the first place i mean what 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 inspired you to go this direction with this whole esoteric like zodiac Thing. So I'd been going down rabbit holes for about 10, 15 years. Okay. I always felt like I felt like I was putting together, I was connecting dots that other people wouldn't see. And to be honest with you, Mikey, what, what, what really happened for me is I used to go on Facebook and Twitter and just argue with people. And I realized that was getting me nowhere. Yeah, you're not going to convince anybody anything. It's completely unsatisfying, and 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 you're not making a change. You're not making a difference. No. So what I decided to do was write a book series and hit the podcast circuit, and really just start to share my work, and that's been received in a different medium, which was a lot better. You know, I never I never really had an issue with coming up with story ideas. You know, I, I always had too much. And what I've done is I put all my esoteric knowledge and all the connections that I've made. Okay. In this book series for you to learn. And I don't even need to sell it, but you can go to the, you can go to, uh, into the rabbit hole beneath the veil, the first book on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's got like 175 reviews. Just read the reviews. People yeah. are not leaving like one sentence reviews. They're leaving like pages and pages of how inspirational it is. It's just, I mix a lot of philosophy and esoteric knowledge. You know, it's basically just an amalgamation of, 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 of who I am, you know, with a little personal touches from my life. 
Yeah, that's pretty amazing for a fictional book um, for that many people to like get that involved in their reviews and, and like be totally in it and believe it. And, you know, n- not knowing that it's really based on kind of like a reality. I mean, I think it's cool that you're using these fictional yeah. characters to tell this, you know, real life story that's kind of real, you know. Yeah, it is. So how how does the basis the, of my no, go ahead the basis of my six book series the the main thread that goes through it because there's storylines and then it continues and then there's there's back and forth with characters the main plot between this, in my stories the main plot is that the world is governed by evil people who use astrology against us and I expose that nice now to somebody who doesn't know anything about astrology they're gonna be like what the hell you know, but as I start to make my case and I go through it, you really begin to see that that's that's the truth. Yeah, I've always felt it. You know, the, you know, your books are really interesting, and I I wanted to have you on because I've always thought, you know, since I was like a teenager, that astrology made a lot of sense because you can always count on the sun, the moon, the stars to always be there year after year, kind of like a guide. So if you're lost right. or uh, you know if if you don't know what time of the year it is or what time of day, you could always look up and you know exactly what part of the season it is and you know it's like exactly. well, the sun tells the time of the day, the right. moon tells the day of the month, and the zodiac signs, the 12 signs tell the month of the year. Right. It's a perfect clock for us. It was created for us. Right. And our personalities almost match to a T. Someone tells me, oh, you're you're an Aries and you're a Sagittarius. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys go together. And it's like, you know, you look at the details and like they're almost 100% right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have an astrologer. This, uh, this girl named Priscilla. She's in uh, Kentucky. Uh She's actually a fan of my work. I met her that way. And every time something good happens to me, I mean, she is the best I've ever met at this. She does natal charts. She does uh, uh, pretty much everything. And uh, I get it done every time something big happens in my life. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. So get a little more specific. How how does the the astrology um, decode the Bible? How that works? Well, yeah. if I could share, I could show you the presentation. Oh, yeah, of course. You got All the right, calm. Hold on. I do. All right. So let's start with this. There's questions in the Bible that don't really make sense that people try and explain how it happened. These are some of them. <clears throat> How Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why is his birthday on December 25th? All of this is astrology. Okay, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to explain it as I go along. We're going to answer these questions. But you have Genesis 114 that says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And that's exactly what this, that's exactly what it is. You know, they mark the seasons, days, and the years. 
So I'm going to go over the 12 signs and the words you need to look for in order to be able to decode the Bible. Okay. Okay. I know this sounds crazy before you hear it, but humor me. Okay. So the first sign I talk about, and, and, and you can see this, is the man holding the water pitcher, pouring it out. This is the sign of Aquarius. All right. <clears throat> so every time you hear the word man, because Aquarius is the man and Virgo is the woman, anytime you hear man or son of man or river or water or fountain or baptism, because this is how you baptize someone, um, whenever you hear those key words, you're talking about Aquarius. Then Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Then Aries is the ram. And in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, 12-hour night. It's also the Passover. So the Jewish people celebrate the Passover, which is God passing over Egypt, killing the firstborn children of the Egyptians uh, in order for Moses to take the people out of Egypt. Okay, it was the 10th plague. In astrology... The Passover is March 21st. It's literally the day that the sun passes over the equator and on its way back to its height in the summer solstice. So you have the Passover for the Jews. And in Christianity, the passing over is changed and called the resurrection of God's son. S-U-N. Okay. The idea is that Jesus is the son, S-U-N, not the S-O-N of God. Okay. Hmm. Um now, Aries is, uh, the Jews were the people of Aries, okay? We're the people of Aquarius right now. The Jews were the people of Aries. Aries is the ram. That's why the Jews blow the ram's horn on the high holidays, okay? Wow. They might not know that's why they do it, but that's why they do it. So anytime you hear ram or lamb or sheep or something of that nature, you're talking about Aries. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look in the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. So anytime you hear the word bull or cow or calf, they're talking about Taurus. Then Gemini is the twins, okay? That's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Then Cancer is the crab. Okay, the crab moves sideways, right? It moves like this. Right. Whereas humans move front to back or sideways. We don't walk, si I mean, front to back or diagonal. We don't walk sideways. That's, we don't shuffle. You know, the crab shuffles, the crab walks sideways. And the reason it's the crab is because that's what the sun literally does in cancer. See, starting on December 21st, the sun starts rising a degree on its axis. And the 26th, it rises another one. And then it keeps rising a degree every single day until it hits June 21st, where it's at its height. That's the summer solstice. Then from the 21st to the 24th, those three days, the sun walks sideways. It stays at that height. Okay. Then it drops a degree on June 25th. Then it continues to drop a degree every single day until it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice. Okay. The sun doesn't rise on its axis that day. The ancients used to say the sun was dead on December 21st. And then just like for three days, it walked sideways up there. For three days, it walked sideways down here. So from December 21st to the 24th, those three days, God's sun was dead for three days. You see where that happens? Yeah. Okay. And then on December 25th, it comes back to life. That's why that's the birth of, of Horus, of Tammuz, of Mithra, of all these gods. It's always December 25th. And that's why. So it literally has nothing to do with 
Jesus's birth. He he's really the no. son. Right, right, right. So the next sign is Leo, and Leo is the king, the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when they're talking about the kingdom of heaven being on earth, or the kingdom of heaven being near, they're talking about the sun in Leo because that's its ruling planet. That's when the sun goes home. Right. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember when you said you plant in Taurus? Well, the reason it's a woman holding a wheat stalk is because during Virgo, the virgins would go out and pick the wheat in order to make the bread for the year. You'd plant it in Taurus, and then the bread would be ready in Virgo. Okay? So anytime you hear woman or virgin or young woman or wheat or barley or seed or grain, something grain, that's when you harvest it. So those are the key words for Virgo. For Leo, it's lion, lioness, cub. Okay, and then Libra is the justice. It's the scales, it's the balance, it's the just one. And the reason it's the justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox. So you remember it's celebrated in the spring equinox as the Passover. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, it's judged as it passes over the fall equinox. And then it begins its descent into cold, into winter, into death, to December 21st, where it finally dies. Okay. So anytime you hear justice or judgment or law or tax or judge, judging, things of that nature, it's Libra. Libra is also wine and olive season. So anytime you hear them talk about grapes or wine or vineyard or things of that nature, you're talking about Libra. Uh, Every time you're talking about olives or olive oil, oil, for example, they're talking about Libra. Not not to interrupt, but it sounds like you're describing the farmer's almanac. <laughs> that's that's exactly what this is. No, that's no no, Mikey. This is exactly what this is. Like I'm yeah. going to make the case for it. That's what this is. So Scorpio is the scorpion, and he is the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. Okay, so the scorpion would bite you. You would lift it up. It looked like a pair. Of, it looks like it kissed. But the kiss is full of poison. So that's the metaphorical betrayal. Make sense? Mm. There's a lot of metaphors that you have to unpack here. You just have to follow the signs. Okay? And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. Each one of the disciples represents a zodiac sign. Okay? And uh, Judas represents Scorpio because he betrays him with a kiss. So the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. And finally, in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. Okay, and we explained that in Sagittarius, you have December 21st. So whenever you hear bow or arrow or horse or horseman, like the four horsemen, mm-hmm. okay, whenever you hear that, they're talking about Sagittarius. When you hear the word death, too, or there's a death, they're talking about Sagittarius because in the zodiac wheel, December 21st is the day of death, and that's Sagittarius. Oh. Okay? And then Capricorn is the goat because he likes to climb the mountain. So the zodiac wheel starts with Capricorn at the bottom. Picture the sun walking along the wheel, climbing a degree a day. It starts yeah. its climb in Capricorn, climbs the mountain, just like the mountain goats. <laughs> okay? So, names for Jesus. Remember how I told you Jesus is the son of God? Mm-hmm. Okay. When the sun is in Capricorn, the goat, he's called the scapegoat of Israel. 
When the sun is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man. When the sun is in Pisces, Jesus is the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. When Jesus is in Aries, he's known as the Lamb of God. When Jesus is in Leo, he's known as the Lion of Judah. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the Bread of Life. Libra, he's the Scales of Justice. He's known as the Just One. Now in Cancer, I forgot to add this, but in Cancer, okay, now it's the crab. Mm-hmm. In the ancient Egyptian times, it was actually a beetle. It was actually the scarab. Okay? It was actually known as the scarab. Okay? So that's why St. Augustine called Jesus the good beetle. Because when the sun is in cancer, he's the good beetle. He's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius. And it's why he's worshipped on the Sunday. Whereas Jews worship on the Saturday or the Saturn day. Because it's Saturn worship. Okay? Now, look at this picture of Jesus on the left, okay? Mm-hmm. You see this stereotypical picture of Jesus on the left? I could rip a million of them just like him off the internet, right? Right. Okay? The sun is always behind Jesus' head because he represents the sun. You see the same thing with Horus in the Egyptian hieroglyphs, okay? Sometimes there's a red cross behind his head, too, okay? The two fingers up are an ancient this. This is an ancient Kemetic peace sign, an ancient Egyptian peace sign. This is a separation of the two fingers. This is a British war sign. Okay, so this John Lennon peace sign is a British war sign. This is the true peace sign because it's connected. It's togetherness. Okay, so that's why Jesus, that's why Lucifer, that's why Baphomet, all these statues are always like this. Okay. The white Jesus picture, this guy, this face of Jesus is actually a guy named Caesar Borgia, who was Rodrigo Borgia. Pope Alexander VI, bastard son, because popes used to have kids. Now, he ruled in the mid-1500s, and you have to understand this, is that in the mid-1500s, the printing press just came out. And before then, there wasn't a wide way to distribute pictures of Jesus. There was no picture of him. So they made him the face of Jesus, and that's why to this day you still see the same face. But if you were to Google him afterwards, Caesar Borgia, you'll see it's the same face. The crown of thorns... Wrapped around the heart represents the sun's rays. You know, Jesus has the crown of thorns on his head. Yeah. He's the sun. The crown of thorns represents the shooting rays. Okay. Mm. The heart outside the body represents the human toroidal field. Have you gotten into that rabbit hole yet? The Taurus field? No, no, I haven't. The Taurus field, it looks like an apple and it comes outside of your body. It's an electrochemical electromagnetic gradient that comes out six feet outside your body. That's why the elites are trying to keep you more than six feet apart. You ever have somebody come up behind you and you just know that they're there? Right. It's, right? It's because it's they broke your roidal field. It doesn't mean you're psychic. Okay? It's your, your just heart, like plants and trees. They have a frequency and they need that's exactly to be what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, they heal each other. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. So that's why it's always there. And you'll always find that. You'll always find the sun, the two fingers, the heart, and the crowns. Okay? Now, let's see what's next. Have you ever heard of the phrase pride comes before the fall? Um, pride as in lions or pride as like the ego? <laughs> pride, well, I, I'm going to get into the lion part, but pride is in the ego. Can you explain it to your listeners what it basically means? Well, I mean, if you're prideful, I mean, you will fall if you are stubborn. But the pride before the fall really means 
like the lion before the the fall of the the seasonal change right i think <laughs> so that's what that means however do you know what a group of lions is called um isn't it called a pride it is a called a pride so a group of lions is called a pride pride is the lion lion is leo leo is in july august that comes before the fall Yeah. Okay. No July, August. Micah 5-2. This is my namesake, by the way. But you, Bethlehem... So what Micah basically does is he tells everybody that the Savior will come from a town called Bethlehem. Right? You familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you... Were you raised religious, or have you... Do you have any exposure to the Bible? You know what? I grew up as a Yehovah's Witness. I just re- recently discovered that's how you correctly pronounce his name. But um, right, around, right around when I was 11 years old, my, my parents got a divorce, and so they were excommunicated from the congregation. And I stopped going, and then around 19 years old, I you know, decided to test the waters myself, and I went to, went to like four or five different religions, and you know, Catholicism was one of them, and I, I thought they were the worst. <laughs> it, it was all formality. I didn't learn a single thing other than, you know, when to kneel and when to pray and when to go up and, and get the, you know, the little biscuits and wine. <laughs> other than that, I didn't, yes. I, it didn't felt religious at all. You know, I just thought it was crap. Right. Well, well we're going to keep decoding this, okay? So Micah says that the Savior will come from Bethlehem. However, Bethlehem in Hebrew is two words. Bet means house. Lechem means bread. So the house of bread is what Bethlehem mm-hmm. means. The house of bread is Virgo, the lady with the wheat star. Each zodiac sign is considered a house. The house of Aquarius, the house of Libra, the house of Virgo. Okay? So mm-hmm. when they're saying the Savior will come from Bethlehem, what they're really saying is the Savior will come from a virgin. Does that make more sense? So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like decipher what that means. And it's like, you know, you harvest the bread. So you, the savior is the, the bread. <laughs> no, 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 no. Virgo is the virgin. Right. So he's saying the savior will come from the virgin. Yeah. You know, cause during the fall, I mean, you harvest the bread and then, Virgo is going to, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still like putting this all together, wrapping my head around it. That's fine. So I'm going to read you a passage and you're going to count how many signs you see here. I'll emphasize the words too. Deuteronomy 32. He gave them money from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground and olive oil. He gave people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats they had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So do you see how many signs are just in this one passage? Yeah, there's quite a few. Like lambs and goats yep. and the rams. Now if you were to read this, if you were to read this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course If you were to wine. read this literally. Yep. There's two more that you didn't notice, though. He gave them uh, honey from the cliffs. In the sign, Cancer, 
In the sun, Cancer, there's a group of stars. Right. Yeah. In the sign of Cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. Okay, so that's where the honey comes from. Okay. He gives people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. That comes from the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Uh. The Milky Way galaxy centers in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer, the Beehive Cluster, to Sagittarius, the Milky Way galaxy, that's the true land of milk and honey. The Milky Way. That's funny. (laughs) The Mount of Olives. Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so that he could teach them a few more things, pray, then wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. Passover takes place in Aries, as I've mentioned. Where right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. Olives are in Libra. They're opposing signs. You could literally just go across the Zodiac. They're in Libra. They're waiting for Judas to betray him. The betrayal is the scorpion, as I've mentioned. That comes right after Libra. So you walk across, and then it's the next sign over. While they're in Libra, he gives a parable of the true vine, or vineyard, wine press, or Libra, whatever you want to call it. Because wine is in Libra, remember? Right. So when you said this is a farmer's almanac, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, that's so crazy. So your books, I mean, do they kind of follow this whole same timeline? Uh, similar, yeah. I decode, I, the, the characters have to decode stuff. Interesting. All right. Revelation 4-7. The, the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. So lion is Leo. Ox is Taurus. Third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the scorpion is the belly crawling creature. Okay, it's the lowest form of life on earth. Its evolved form is the flying eagle, which is the highest flying creature on earth. Okay, that's what the scorpion evolves into in astrology. Therefore, you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio in this one passage. Those are the four fixed signs of the Zodiac. What happens is when you take the Zodiac wheel and you connect the solstices with the equinox, you get the perfect cross. That's the cross of God's son that he lives and dies on. Okay? When you take these four, it makes an X through that cross. It's a perfect celestial alignment. So that's all most of this stuff is. It's just celestial alignments. Wow. Now, have you ever heard in the revelation of the woman and the dragon? Uh, I don't recall. I No. <laughs> I don't remember. Revelation 12. A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. Get it? It's the sun in Virgo, a woman clothed with the sun. If the sun is in Virgo, which is roughly 4 p.m. in the afternoon, the moon will be at her feet. Makes sense? If the sun is out, the moon is down. If the moon is up, the sun is down. Yeah, after you re- read that that um, scripture, I, I remember it now. 
but it's been a while. Wow. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco is the dragon, as you can see on the left. And you can see its tail. It's enormous. It goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the sign, or metaphorically, one third of the stars out of the sky. See, this is just sky poetry. That's all this is. There's not going to be a giant woman with a pregnant dragon in the heavens that you're going to be able to see. This is just star poetry. Right. Is it starting to, are you starting to see how I'm bringing this stuff up? Yeah. Like it, it's mind blowing really. <laughs> so I've given examples of astro theology in the old Testament, as well as the new Testament. I've been accused of cherry picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. Let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it as well. Are you familiar with the book of Job? A little. Yeah. So Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It predates Genesis. Okay. Um, do you remember the story of Job, who he was and what happened? Do you remember that? I mean, he went through hell basically. And it was, you know, a big test and he was about to sacrifice his son. And no, that's uh, Abraham. Abraham. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> then no. It's okay. Job was a righteous man. Okay. And Satan went up to God and said, I bet you that if you take away his, I mean, he had, he had land, he had family, he had livestock, he had money. He was a righteous man. Satan said, if you take that stuff away, then he will curse you. And then God said, I'll take that bet. You can do whatever you want to him, but you can't take his life. So his family starts getting sick. His animals run away. He starts losing his money. He cries out to God. Okay. What I'm going to read you is God's response. Mm -hmm. first god says can you lead forth the maseroth the maseroth literally translates word for word to zodiac so right away the first thing he says is do you know your zodiac maseroth over time becomes mazalot which survives in judaism today as mazel tov which means good fortune from the stars that's what mazel tov means okay the lord's challenge to job he says can you bind the chains of the pleiades can you loosen orion's belt um, those are obvious metaphors, right? You know what the Pleiades are. You know what Orion's belt is. Right. Then he says, can you bring forth the constellations and their seasons that will lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the Zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? That's Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? That's Mriga, meaning deer, and is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's a Celis Borealis, meaning donkey, and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille, or al Thalinan, which means two ostriches in Arabic. You give the horse its strength. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? Levethian was the fish god of ancient times. That's Pisces. So you see how... It's all over the place. It's undeniable. Yeah. Wow. 
So the Lord's challenge to Job was basically, do you know your Manzeroth? Do you know all these stars? Right. Oh, man. This is crazy stuff. <laughs> How was Jesus able to heal the blind? These are the questions at the beginning, remember? Yeah. How was Jesus able to heal the blind? Well, if he's the son, S-O-N of God, if he's living flesh, he touched the man's eyes, the blind man's eyes, and then he could see. However, the sun metaphorically touches your eyes too. When it's down, when it's dark, and the sun starts to come up in the morning, it touches your eyes and suddenly you can see everything again. How he walked on water. Have you ever seen a sunset on a lake before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The sun literally walks on water. How he turned water into wine. Do you know how... Do you know why God is considered a man and earth is considered mother earth, a woman? No, tell me. It has to do with God's sacred fluid, his rain. In Hebrew, it's called shemen. We get the word semen from it. It's the sacred fluid. God's sacred fluid comes down and impregnates mother earth. And then from her belly, all things grow. Life, vegetation, and all this stuff. Okay? Wow. Food. Okay? So, April showers bring May flowers. You plant in Taurus which is exactly when that is, okay? You plant the grapes and then they grow and they grow and they grow and then it continues to rain throughout the year and then you press them in Libra and make wine. That's how you turn God's water into wine. So interesting. Okay. Why he had 12 disciples? Uh, because they're each signs of the Zodiac. Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas? We went over that. Why he was dead for three days? We went over that. Why is his birthday on December 25th? We went over that too. So all this is astrology, as I promised you. Wow. You know, it's funny. I, I've been uh, <clears throat> listening to a lot of people and, and kind of deciphering like the Bible and stuff. Like I've been watching um, Karen B and Just Jack and then they, they have a show called Anti-Religious Script Study and they're dissecting the Bible. And... Um, like line by line we're we're we haven't even gone through revelation yet i mean not revelation um uh what's the first chapter <laughs> genesis yeah genesis we're still on genesis and it's only episode four but it's very interesting and this is very interesting and it almost there's almost a contradiction almost and it's uh it it's weird you know to uh compare and contrast both you know the the bible as it's written and then the interpretation from the zodiac at the same time it's really weird right roman catholic catechism 2116 so before i get to this um would you agree that there's hidden astrology in the bible oh of course i mean with without a doubt there's no there's no doubting that Roman Catholic Catechism 2116. All forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or false, other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretation of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. So if there is hidden astrology in the Bible, why would the Catholic Church come out with this? They don't want us to know. Exactly. Even, even though all you have to do is just pay attention to the seasons, the stars, the mapping of everything, it's all revealed right in front of you. 
but they don't want you connecting it with the Bible. Right. And for whatever reason. Hmm. That's why, you know, you you probably get this like whole blasphemy thing, like, oh, don't look at it like that. That's that's the devil, you know. <laughs> but even exactly. the, but even the, the word evil and, and the devil is has a totally different meaning. Like evil really means dysfunctional and good means functional, you know. Yeah. There's just so much word speak word twisting. Which is why I was very interested in your books because of how I mean it's it's a completely different interpretation. Yeah. And it's a fun read too. Yeah. Interesting. So um this I, I do you have more to, to go over? Um no I think we're good with that to be honest. All right. So talk about the characters. Are there kind of like, you know, is it almost hidden in the way that you reveal all this stuff or is it easy to understand and connect the dots? I make it very simple. To understand. I mean, that PowerPoint I just did, you were able to follow that, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And people with no experience in this stuff can follow that. That's just a, a sliver of what I talk about. Right. Well, very interesting. So <laughs> that, that that's one of the reasons why I don't believe that the, the earth is like on a spinning ball on its axis. And like, because ever since I was a kid, I've always, you know, like I stayed up with my cousin up in Idaho when I was like 12 and the same exact stars, if you're watching I me, mean, I watch the sky all the time and it's exactly the same where I'm just in a different right. place. And you can count on this, the constellations to always be where they are year after year. And, you know, Polaris is still in the same spot. Right. So but, you know, we get things, yeah, we get things like eclipses, mm -hmm. you know, that shows right. that there's a movement. We get things like, uh, some of the planets come in alignment. Some of the planets come closer to Earth. You know, there is movement up there. Oh, yeah, you know, totally. It's not I, fixed. I, I believe everything's moving. Just um, they they repeat. And that's why I feel like uh, we're, you know, we're stationary. And, and the, you know, the, the stars are definitely there. I mean, there's no mistaking. But they revolve around us, you know. <laughs> But that's a whole okay. different conversation. Yeah. No, yeah. There's there's no parallax as as things are like going away from us. None of that happens. Everything eventually will come back and, and reform back to you know how we can predict it. I don't know, it's weird. I'm I'm not the net expert on this like type of field. I'm still like learning and and you know, I listen to a lot of other, you know, people who are more experienced in this field. But, uh, yeah <laughs> right all right so um how did you how did you gain all this knowledge i mean did you just have an interest in it and decided to like write about I mean, it i studied the two guys i studied the two guys we were talking about before santos and uh, and jordan i studied them for oh god maybe a year mm. maybe less than a year maybe six months nine months but i, I spent like four hours a day just watching all their videos learning from them and then i got a real base knowledge of this kind of stuff 
And then I was able to kind of go out on my own and just make other connections. Right. So that's how you got into like the astro theology, which is, you know, the, the religion and the astrology put together. Did you take classes right. in like college or anything like that or? No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. I just, when I turned, when I turned 30, I started learning this stuff. Yeah. It's amazing what you can find out just looking on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Well, Man, this was very interesting, and um, yeah, I uh, can't wait to to read your books, and I'll definitely order them for you direct. That way, I'm not paying the big guy. Yeah, send me. Uh, are you on? I forget. Are you on? Oh, let me plug real quick. So I'm on. I'm on Twitter at Real Mister Dank. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. Uh, on Facebook, I have a group, Micah Dank Into the Rabbit Hole. Um, if you follow me, if you reach out to me, you know, I'll check to see if you guys want a copy of the signed books. If you don't want to go through Amazon, I mean, you're more than welcome to go through Amazon. It's fine. But uh, if you want to get them signed and uh, sent directly from me, let me know. Uh, Mikey, let me know too. Um, I'll work something out with you. For sure. Reach out to me. Reach out to me uh, via email or I forget. You're on Twitter, right? But you're, no, you said your Twitter is crazy. Um, um, I. I got it back up. I just have a different account. It's just Mr. Mikey J now. It's not the, that one's still blocked and I can't get it unlocked. <laughs> I hate Twitter. What did you do? I didn't do anything. I just, actually, I uh, changed my phone number a long time ago. And then the email that I used, I hadn't used in like 10 years. So I just forgot the password. So I'm completely locked out. <laughs> And oh, I was no. like, I've had this account since 2009. Please don't let me lose this. And they, they just don't care. They don't care. <laughs> they have bigger fish to worry about. Yeah. yeah. So, what, what's your take on the whole, because um, Jesus was, you know, they talk about the, the, the two, how he fed everyone with two fish. That. Right. You know, that kind of connects with the age of Pi or yeah, the age of Pisces, which we just passed over, and we're now right. in the age of Aquarius. He fed them. He fed them with two fish and five loaves of bread. Well, the yeah. two fish is Pisces, and the loaves of bread are Virgo. Okay, those are opposing signs in the zodiac wheel. Right. Whenever you're decoding passages in the Bible, it'll always be the cross sign that they're talking about, or the neighboring sign. That's what they do. They'll never talk about Taurus and Aquarius. They won't do that. They'll, they'll talk about the neighboring sign and the cross sign. That's how you know this was done on purpose. Why is that? Because it's patterns. Mm -hmm. It's it's an undeniable pattern throughout the books. Hmm. So what do you think this new age is supposed to bring in? I know that there there is talk of like science and knowledge, but... You know, I, I tend to not believe what is mainstream puts out. <laughs> it's going to be an age of enlightenment for a lot of people are going to wake up. A lot yeah. of people are going to wake up and the elites are going to kind of make their last stand. They're going to try with transhumanism first. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. It, you know, they, they're not going to be able to hold on to it forever. You know, this is in the stars. This is predestined. 
we're entering the golden age. We're in the golden age. Right. We're just very young in it. Yeah, it's kind of unscripted, but you know, if you look to astrology, you can kind of predict what's coming. You can. In the time of in the age of Taurus, it was the Egyptians. And you see bulls with their horns with the sun between them in hieroglyphs. They're worshiping the sun in Taurus. Okay? Then the Egyptians start to fade and the Jewish people in the age of Aries come up. That's the ram. That's why they blow the ram's horn. That's why they have the lamb shank bone on the Passover plate. Okay? <laughs> then the Jewish people start to fade and the Christians come up in Pisces. The two fish feed the masses with the two fish. The Jesus fish, which is the center of the Vesica Pisces. Okay? Then they come up. And now we're in a new religion. We're in a new era that needs a new religion. So they're trying to make it transhumanism. Well, science is the new religion. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, even though a lot of a lot of, you know, I was reading an article yesterday that was published back in 2017 that 70 percent of all science studies cannot be repeated, and uh, makes you think really? like, yeah. And that was published <laughs> in the BBC and, and then uh, Washington Post. So it's not like it's you know, some alternative media source. It's actual, you know, mainstream science that uh, half the, st- I mean, more than half the stuff can't even be repeated. So it's like, well, what are we, what are we following? We're just following a bunch of theory and pseudoscience and science fiction. Yeah. And we're just supposed to right. believe it. Well, exactly. do you have anything else for us? You want to give us like a, uh, what, what what's the newest book about? Um, I, I know you briefly spoke about it. Book five is about the Library of Alexandria, but I mean, I talk about conspiracies. I talk about secret societies. I talk yes. about the Catholic Church in the first two books. I basically expose them for the biggest lie they've ever told. Cool. Yeah, right up my alley. <laughs> yes. So reach out to me on. On, on one of the three, Twitter, social, uh, Twitter, Insta, or Facebook. And uh, I'll set you up with a set of my books. I'll sign them for you, too. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, yeah, Michael. No, they might become, uh, yeah, they might, they might turn into TV series, so the books might be worth something someday. Nice. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I heard you kind of briefly talk about that, that um, they're pitching your, your books to, uh, you know, maybe Netflix or Hulu or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, I'm sure it'll yeah, be. Amazon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, th- thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, yeah, it was great having you and talking about all this stuff. And, you know, it, it's always been in the back of my mind. I went to a planetarium like 10 years ago. And, you know, when he, when they talked about the, the death of the, of the sun for three days, I was like, ding 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 like that kind of it was like a red flag i was like oh my god you know he he, jesus didn't really die for three days it was the sun that just disappears below Mm -hmm. uh, the zero degrees for three days and then rises back up Mm -hmm. i was just that's right wow (laughs) this was 10 years ago (laughs) and and no one's really like really explained it before kind of not not the way that you did it so yeah Thanks. Well, I hope your listeners uh, reach out to me and I hope they enjoyed this. Yeah. And I'll have all the links in the description. So if you want to check out Micah Dank, uh, be sure to click below. All right. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank show you, once again. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you later. And if, if you have anything new, um, just let me know. Maybe we'll bring you back on. Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right. You have a good one, man. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for watching this episode of KGUP Presents. Be sure to follow Micah Dank by clicking the links in the description. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And if you love this show, please support us by purchasing a t-shirt, a hat, or even a sling bag. Just go to www.kgup1065.com forward slash shop or click the links in the description. And be sure to tag us on your social media at KGUPFM so we can repost it. Tune in next time as we're our next guest, we have the lovely and very knowledgeable Karen B. We're going to talk about Solar Returns, which is the next uh, Flat Earth conference. We'll talk about her journey to becoming a Flat Earther. We'll talk about Strange World with Mark Sargent, Unveiling the Realm, Bitches Brew. And we'll even talk about the anti-religious scripture, which I've been into the last uh, month or so. So you don't want to miss this show and you might, we might even go live. I don't know I'm crossing my fingers. I did some test runs and we're able to, to, um, we were able to do it. And, um, if you have any comments or suggestions, just, you know, post whatever your, your feelings are. And if you want to email me, you're, you're always welcome to at info at KGUP105.com, or you can just, you know, our contact pages on there and you can send me a message. And if you have, uh, Great, great idea for a guest to, to come on the show. Let me know. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, I'm totally open to it. Um, you know, I'm really, I'm really interested in a lot of, you know, conspiracy topics, uh, especially mud floods. Uh, it's been one of the most fascinating topics of, of our time. And, you know, I've been just been un, unpacking this knowledge and it's amazing how much our history has just been, wiped clean and we've had a we i mean it's obvious we had a global restart at some point during the the mid 1800s and it's um it's been kind of mind-blowing and you know i love doing this these type of shows and i find it very fascinating um you know like micah dank i mean he you know unpacked and, and kind of connected the bible to the zodiac which is you know it's always been kind of fascinating it's always been in the back of my mind like I do believe in the Bible and I do believe in scripture, but there, there's definitely hidden messages in it. And, um, you know, it's, it's all, you know, as I get older, the more truth I want to just uncover and I'm, I can't just watch mainstream media and just believe everything that comes out of their mouths because it's all controlled. I mean, the fact that, you know, we went from three, five, uh, 3000 companies down to only six, you know, corporations that own all the media it all the mainstream media and it just makes you you know wonder how much information is out there that's really true so yeah which is why i do this i mean i love music you always listen to the station and if you've noticed there's a lot of new flat earth music on there so if you want to check out our playlist um you know there might be some surprises in there and i'm constantly looking for new music artists that that are truthers that pass on a message and uh, if you happen to know any artists out there, uh, please let me know. And, um, you know, we'll try to put them on the station and get them more exposure. And, 
you know, maybe we'll have those people on as guests as well. So, you know, it, it's nothing set in stone and I'm just having fun and, and enjoying this and I hope you're enjoying it with me. So uh, thanks again for watching KGUP Presents. This is Mikey J and I'm out.